0: It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God Regardless of where they are in the journey So they ask for more faith Many people pray for it Other people say if I come to church maybe I'll just serendipitously get it However the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith So then faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me just say to all of you that are joining with us today this is more than just something to watch it's an opportunity for you to experience god just yesterday just yesterday i was reaching out to a christian brother and i was saying what do you do when the weight gets too heavy what do you do when it just gets too much and he said to me all you got to do listen I'm a pastor he said all you gotta do is call the name of Jesus and listen I've been saved since 1984 I'm a pastor in my mind I said I know that but can I tell you I had not done that the moment that I called his name everything shifted and I don't know where you are I don't know what you're going through I don't know what the challenge might be but I wish you would wherever you are put his name on your lips say would you just say Jesus would you just say it you may not even understand all that it means just say his name those that are in the news in the feed online just type the name Jesus whether you say it whether you type it there's power in his name father we thank you so much for what we have been able to experience your presence your power thank you that there's no other name under heaven but yours that we can be saved and we thank you for the privilege of being able to call on that name God, we know that there are many people that may have invited people to join with us today who may not know you, may not even know about church at all. God, our prayer is that what we are doing, what we've done, what we will do will help them to understand you more and draw them closer to you. We'll be so careful to give you all the glory for it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. What a mighty God. Just give him praise wherever you are. That means clap your hands, holler whatever you need to do, amen, amen. Our services opened up today with a song that kind of gave you a idea of what many of our, those of us who are African Americans, when we were in the fields, when we were being beaten and we had to figure out songs that would either send a signal or songs that would encourage us and it just said to hold on to the gospel plow, no matter what's happening to hold on let me just share this with you Uh, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Obadiah Chisholm in 1923 was inspired by Lamentations chapter 3 and decided to write a poem to a friend of his and send it. Thomas uh, was desiring to go into ministry, was an ordained minister, but had a life that was filled with illness, never got better, but actually the older he got, his help began to decline. And because of that, he ended up leaving ministry and becoming an insurance salesman with a very small income. But then he decided to pen these words, God has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care, which have filled me with astonishing gratefulness. So out of that, you all, the song Great is Thy Faithfulness was born and for many of you that are watching you wonder what kind of story is going to come out of my storm what kind of praise can come out of my life and i just want you to know that no matter what you've been through no matter what you're going through god can redeem everything and god can cause even in the midst of the most darkest saddest most disillusioned moments he can let that become a song that would encourage countless people. This man had no idea that that song would bring hope and encouragement to so many people that his poverty, that his illness would allow that poem and that song to be written that would indeed change the nations. So as we've approached the word of God today, we pray that God would speak to us and that we would be able to hear what he would have us to hear. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We honor and we bless you. There's none like you. God, we dare not approach something as holy as your word flippantly or irreverently, but we ask, Holy Spirit, that you be the teacher. God, there are many people who invited people to join us today who don't know you, don't know about God or the church or Jesus or any of that. So experiences that we have, they kind of watch and say, I don't know what all of that is about. Thank you for the unbeliever, for the person who just doesn't know you that's watching. Would you speak to them? But then, God, for those who love you deeply and dearly, thank you so much that once again they have connected and they're desiring to grow and learn deeper. And God will, again, be so very careful to give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would open them with me to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 11. And let me just say again, uh, we've asked many people to invite friends or acquaintances who are not Christian. And do you know that when people who are not Christian join into Christian events, uh, it's almost like we have our own language. It's kind of like we have our own culture. And it's so different. Sometimes people who don't understand that can get alienated. So I just want to just say to each of you that may be watching who never have been to church, don't even understand all that. We are so humble that you're with us, and we pray that we don't overcomplicate. Uh, We encourage you to maybe download in your phone or your tablet a Bible app. They're free. They're kind of everywhere, and you'll be able to kind of follow along with us. But if not, if you would just... Listen as we read Revelation chapter 11, beginning at verse 15. Revelation chapter 11, beginning at verse 15 says, The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder an earthquake and a severe hailstorm. Uh, before I announce the subject of the message, message I need you to listen real carefully because if you, if you don't listen real carefully, you'll think I'm cussing, and I promise I'm not cussing. So I need y'all to listen real carefully uh, as I say the words of our subject uh, today. Uh, today I want to talk from the subject, Shifts Happen. Shifts happen happen. As I say that, many of you automatically have gone to what you've seen on a bumper sticker, what you've seen placed it somewhere because it says another word and it says that it happens. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're rich, that happens. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or you have no money, that it says that happens, because life with all of its unexpected occurrences, life with all of its uh, twists and turns, what that statement is saying, that one thing you can expect if you are in life is that bad things will happen. That's really what their term means. But you all, I want to share with us today, as we have turned the corner, as it were, in Revelation chapter 11, that now we're getting ready to move towards the conclusion of the book of Revelation, and there is a shift or a change that's getting ready to happen. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind, let me give you what uh, Webster's definition of shift is. It says to move or cause to move from one place to another, or to change one's position. In other words, you're moving from one place to the other place. And so you all, when we see this transition happening in Revelation chapter 11, we're seeing now the conclusion of God's purposes in the earth. We open up Revelation by saying it is the only book of the Bible, you all. It's amazing thing. It's the only book of the Bible that says, blessed are those who read it and blessed are those who hear it. It is the only book of the Bible that comes with the promise. You need to hear this. God, God, God has a whole lot of things he said throughout Scripture. As a matter of fact, he and his word are one, but yet the book of Revelation is the only book that opens up with the promise embedded in it. He says that those who read it will be blessed, and those who hear it will be blessed. And so now you all, we're in chapter 11 of this book, and now we have noticed several things have happened. We've seen unbelievable tumult. We've seen unbelievable judgment. We just last week saw the two prophets of God that were in Jerusalem preaching the Word of God, being able to, to literally stop anyone that opposed them with fire that came out of their mouth. The whole world were kind of putting their hands in their ears, not wanting to hear the truth, because in those days, you all, there will come a time that men and women would not want to hear the truth of god they would not want to hear sound doctrine and so literally they wanted these guys to die and then it says on the third day god allowed the antichrist to come up from the abyss and he gave him power to kill the two prophets they both died laid in the streets for three days the world exchanged gifts and then on the third day the bible says god raised them back up and called them back into heaven and now you all we pivot to verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpets. Remember, they're going to be seven trumpets. Now the seventh angel is now blowing the trumpet and it says, and there were loud voices in heaven which began to proclaim something. So you all know that with each sounding of each trumpet came judgment. Remember that? With the sounding of each trumpet came another woe or another uh, calamity that came upon the earth, and now the seventh trumpet has sounded, and this seventh trumpet, you all, is actually representing the final judgment of God. Now you all, many scholars, kind of contest whether or not this this last trumpet mentioned here in revelation 11 is actually the same uh trumpet that was mentioned in first corinthians and in first thessalonians so i want you if you don't mind and i know you all this is this is church and we don't like to read the bible all the time but this is church so we should like to read the bible all the time uh, so if you would just turn with me to first corinthians first corinthians chapter 15 1 corinthians chapter 15 if you could real quick first corinthians chapter uh, Fifteen, and as you're turning to that, you all, we want to look at this particular text as it relates to verse fifty-one, the sounding of the trumpet, and you all have heard this scripture on many occasions. <laughs> Verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. Verse 52, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last what? Trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. All right. So that is one instance that Paul gives that there will be one day a trumpet that will be sounded. And what does this say will happen? It says, The dead in Christ will be raised up. All right. And, and, and basically, corruption shall put on incorruption. All right. But turn over to 1st Thessalonians 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 hallelujah beginning at verse 14 you may have heard this again as well All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 beginning at verse 14 says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And let me just say, you ought to be encouraged for those who have died in Christ. I don't know who in your life has died and died in Christ, but what an encouragement it is. It says that the same way we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we also believe that Jesus will bring those with him who have fallen asleep in him. Verse 15, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Here it is, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the what? The trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So let me just say this. Uh, so many, many theologians, many commentators will say that the same trumpet judgment that we're seeing in chapter 11 of Revelation is the same trumpet that we're talking about here. And we do not believe that they are the same. We believe you all that the trumpet that we're seeing in both Corinthians and in Thessalonians is the rapture of the church. And remember what we said earlier in the book of Revelation, I'm not gonna go back in our study, but before the tribulation, before the wrath of God is released on the earth, the Bible tells us that he's going to take those who belong to him home. All right, that's gonna precede the judgment, that's gonna precede the tribulation. So, we believe that the trumpet that's mentioned in these texts in both Corinthians and Thessalonians is not this one, it was really when God basically calls those who are dead in Christ and those who are alive and trust in Him first to basically precede the judgment. Are you following what I'm saying? All right, so let's go back to Revelation. And, I, and some of y'all say, why was that important? Well, because if some people think it's the same thing, then they'll think that if that's the same thing, that we're in the tribulation. There are many people, believe it or not, you all, who actually believe that right now, the earth is living through the great tribulation. And you all, I don't believe theologically there's any grounds for that, and I don't really believe that to be true. So that's why I want to make sure that we looked into that. So let's go back to our main text as we walk through it. All right, Revelation chapter 11. So while the trumpet sounded, it said there were loud voices in heaven. And what did, it say? what did they say? Verse The next part it says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. Now, you all, as the seventh trumpet is sounded, introducing the last judgments, the last woes, the final end of God's judgment on the earth and its people in heaven, is the sound of people saying the kingdom of the world now listen it did not say the kingdoms of the world but the kingdom of the world what does that mean it means a world who is under the authority and under the leadership of satan you are the moment that adam and eve in the bible who were under god's control and represented god as a matter of fact god gave them authority over the earth right The moment that they decided to listen to the enemy, listen to Satan, and Satan said, did God say that? You ain't going to die. Well, listen, you all, listen. The moment that they disobeyed God, they didn't drop dead right then. Watch this now. But they died to who God had made them. They died to the authority that God had given them in the earth. And at that moment, in high treason, they gave the authority of the earth, the authority of their presence and power representing Christ on the earth, they gave it over to Satan. And from that day forward, you all, that is why there are earthquakes. That is why there are pandemics. That is why there is death in the earth. It was never intended to be that way, but sin called the earth, called the, caused the earth to fall. And because of that fall, you all, this earthly kingdom, yes, we know that God is Lord, but he has given it over to the prince of the power of the air now the earth and all of it, it, listen, it don't matter if it's the United States or, 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 or Russia. or It doesn't matter what we call it. All of it falls under the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of the world. But he says this is what's going to happen. Now the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. Listen, you cannot have a kingdom without a king. And there are many of us who don't live in, 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 in countries where there's kind of monarchies that don't really understand what that really means. But you all, the Bible tells us that there's really only two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, and here the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of our Lord. Now, here's the question for those that are watching. Whether you know it or not, and you may not want to acknowledge it or not, you are in either one or the other kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen, your ignorance of which kingdom you're in does not negate your inclusion in it. All right, so I, I think I told you all once I was in California. I always bring this up, and, and, and I was jaywalking. I didn't know nothing about jaywalking. I'm from Chicago. In Chicago, you can, wherever there's an opening, you go. But I was in California, and I'm at, the stop, I'm, I'm at the stoplight. Everybody's standing there looking. I'm like, these people are crazy. Ain't no cars coming. Ain't nobody moving. Guess what I did? I started walking. And guess what I heard? Woo, woo. The police came, and they asked me for my license. I said, excuse me, sir, what did I do? They said, you jaywalked. And I told you I'm, I'm a smart aleck. Something y'all pray for me. I said, oh, do you want my walking license or my driving license? Because, I mean, this license that I'm about to give you has to do with the rules of the road and walking. I mean, and driving. Anyway, he says, now you a smart aleck. Give me your license. And he gave me a ticket. I said, sir, I am not from here. I'm from Chicago. I have never been to California. He said, your ignorance of the law here does not exempt you from the law here. And listen to what I'm saying to you. Your ignorance of which kingdom you reside in does not exempt you from being in one or the other. You're either in the kingdom of this world or you're in the kingdom of God. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. Now, the question is, how do I know which kingdom I'm in? Oh, you know which kingdom you're in. Because the kingdom that you're in will be reflected by the king that's over it. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You can can figure out the kingdom of darkness because it will be filled with darkness. Here's the question. Here's the question. How do I know it's dark? Then come to church next Sunday and do up here what 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 you're talking about, and let's see whether or not you feel okay about that. It's just right to me, you know what I'm saying? I'm right in my own eyes, you know what I'm saying? I don't really believe all that God, you know what I'm saying? I, I, think, we, I, hey, hey, I think we gods ourselves, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? I just kind of feel like the way that I view the world, you know what I'm saying? I kind of appeal to my higher angels, you see what I'm saying? I'm kind of evolving. Okay, here's my question. In your evolution, just bring yourself here next Sunday and say whatever you want to say. Do what you normally do and see whether or not heaven will be happy. I believe that you're in the kingdom of the world he says now that the the trumpet is sounded the shift has happened hallelujah the shift has happened from mankind waving his fist in the face of God the shift has happened from people getting away with sin thinking that because judgment didn't happen right away that God doesn't exist God must not be real because he let me get away with it. No, he hates sin, but he's giving you grace. And many of us have mistaken grace for God overlooking sin. God hates sin. The wages of sin is death. We don't even talk about sin anymore. Because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to make people mad. Listen, you all, I'm not here to judge because i'm not god i'm not here to talk down because i'm a piece of dirt just like you a piece of dirt so how can one piece of dirt look down to another piece of dirt i'm just a grace covered piece of dirt ain't no judgment but i'm not gonna shy away from talking about things that the bible says are not of god and in 2021 hear me There are things that we are tolerating and saying now that had you just talked 15 years ago, everybody would have said that ain't right. Don't you tell me that the kingdom of the world is not shifting people's hearts into sin and darkness and evil. And listen, y'all, let me just say, because people automatically assume that they know what I'm talking about. Oh, you must be talking about that or that. I ain't talking about nothing. I'm talking about whatever I'm talking about. It ain't got nothing to do with you knowing the specificity of what I'm talking about. I'm just saying read the Bible, and is what you're doing in line with it or not? Well, that's it. That's it. The Bible. That's what you're talking about. The Bible is written by the white man. <laughs> that's the story. start with that, preacher. The Bible is a book of oppression. Just because white people used it, and they did, they used it as a book of oppression. Was so tripped out though, <laughs> Is that as they thought that they were oppressing us by giving it to us, the very thing that they thought that they were going to use as a means to oppress us became the vehicle for our deliverance. They should have left us alone. They shouldn't have ever let us get a hold of the Bible. They took out parts of it and they changed parts of it. But the Holy Ghost on the inside of my great, 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 great grandmama said, oh, I know that my Redeemer lives. (laughs) Now, just because during the Middle Ages, people kill people in the name of Christ. Just because during slavery, people use the Bible as a tool of wickedness. Just because in 2021, nationalists will use the Bible as a means to craft American policy around their theocracy. Just because they do that does not change the veracity and the holiness of it. I'm not following some mandate of humanity about a book. I'm telling you what I know for myself. Because when I was lost and hopeless, when I was standing on a bridge getting ready to kill myself because I hated Harvey, God met me and changed the trajectory of my life. And that ain't got nothing to do with no white man. That got to do with God. I'm in hospice, hooked up to machines. He'll never walk. He'll never speak. He's 80 pounds. As a matter of fact, I'm walking out the room, and look at me today. I'm that ain't no white man. That's not systemic. That is God himself. I am, exa- I am your living example that God's real. I wonder if there are three or four witnesses anywhere that can tell me that you know him for yourself. I wonder is there even anybody in this place that knows him for yourself. Anybody ever met him? <laughs> I'm talking to you, my brother, because unlike other pastors, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm talking to you, my sister, because unlike other churches and ministries, I'm not here to demean you. I'm not here to tear you down and make you feel like your life ain't worth nothing. That ain't my job. My job is to tell you about a Savior that loves you, to tell you about a God that can redeem every aspect of your life, no matter what it is, and make you more like him. I want to be more like him. So it says the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever forever. And ever so these heavenly voices finally have come to the end of the judgment and before they get into the detail of it i love the i love the bible and i love the poetic nature of it because have y'all you know in, in good literature there's a thing that's called comic relief you know what i'm saying there's a thing that they introduce when there's dramas and tragedies they gotta have an interlude So you just don't keep going from one trauma to the next. And so in every good writing, God has chosen, even in the Bible, to bring us out of woe after woe after trumpet judgment to trumpet judgment to this interlude. (laughs) That before literally hell is released, we now get a eavesdrop into heaven. And it says that the voices cried out, the kingdom of the world has become. And I love heaven because heaven sees things the way that they're going to be before they become it. They're speaking in the past tense while they're still in the present tense. The kingdom of the world has become and it had not become because it was yet becoming, but heaven begins to speak about things in past tense, even though it might be nestled in present tense. Oh, my God. If you are a child of God, you can begin to speak about things like it already happened while you're nestled in present tense. I wonder if there's anybody that believes God in your life and stop saying, one day I'm going to it, one day he's going to. Oh, no, 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 no. He already has, and I already am. Heaven said the kingdoms had become it before they became it. <laughs> and I wonder, would you be able to call some stuff had already become? <laughs> you bet you better start walking around some stuff. You better start looking at your building and walking around it. You better start believing God that it's already yours and acting like it and using the tents like it's yours. It's mine. For the glory of God, right? Let me keep moving. I got to keep going. Verse 16. And the 24 elders. I like this. Who were seated on the thrones. Now listen, y'all. Look at this. These are church leaders. These are the elders. These are the elders. 24 of them. I, I, I imagine if I went into a church, these would be the deacons or the preachers. 24 elders seated on their thrones elders they had position thrones they had power but look at the proximity to where they were and their thrones were before God what is the behavior watch this now what is the behavior of people who are supposed to be the most important people in the church because if I look at the current Makeup and composition of activity of elders and leaders, I don't see what they're getting ready to do. Because of where I sit and the throne I'm on and my proximity to God, you're not going to see me doing what they're doing. <laughs> when is the last time i seen a pastor on his knees worshiping? Yet we're telling other people, bow down, but you ain't bowed down. Uh, When is the last time I saw leaders in the church who are supposed to be modeling what they're saying? (sighs) Not doing it, but saying to do it. It's in the text. 24 elders seated on their thrones before God. What did they do? They call for a procession in front of them, right? Is that what's going to? They call for people to get no, 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 no. They didn't ask that. Oh, they, 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 um, they want a special parking because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an elder. I'm, I'm, i need my parking space. I, if I don't have i I'm not coming to church. I don't have, who, who's in my? Who's on my throne? Who's sitting on my throne? Everybody in there know my throne. Who decided to sit on my throne? <laughs> They fell on their faces and worshiped real church leaders. They fall on their face and they worship. You know why? Because we know the only reason we have the title is because of the grace of I'm not in my position because I deserve it, but the grace of God is upon me. So when I get a chance, you better believe you're going to see me down there with a tambourine and kneeling. Got a red tambourine too, y'all. It ain't just a it's not a hidden tambourine. It's a red. Don't even know how to play it right. But I don't bit more care. Because there wasn't nobody there to bring me up by my deathbed, going to tell me how to hit a tambourine. Then tell me how you could heal me. Go somewhere and sat down. They worshipped. And I thank God that in this revelatory exposition of what's to come, God still teaches us how to behave. <laughs> The elders who finally said, it's over. Mankind's sinful reign is over. Kingdoms that have put people in slavery is over. And what was their response? They fell before God and they worshiped. I wonder when was the last time you just fell before God and you worshiped. And you know what I love about worship? it's because of who he is it don't have nothing to do with what you've done it's just who you are that means if I ain't got nothing it's not contingent upon what I give you because if praise is based on a situation maybe my situation is jacked up and I don't have enough strength or circumstantial evidence to praise but worship is because of who you are and you change not so they worshiped And they said, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty. And this is what I want to say to those of you that are wondering why is he so loud? (laughs) Why is he sweating so much? Why did you give your life over to him, Harvey? The one who is and was. Number one, I give my life to him because he's eternal. That means the same way he was then is the same way he is now. And if I look up and live another 10 years, he's going to be that same way then. And I don't know about you, but if I put my relationship in people, they change like the weather. But if I can find someone who is true north and does not sway and does not bend and does not change and vacillate then I want to put my trust in that kind of God. It says, we give thanks to you because you're the one who is and who was. Now watch this now. Because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Watch this now. They're saying, you've always had power, but you've held it in reserve. (laughs) You let humanity think that you were not really engaged in its activities because you did not use your authority to change things, hoping that mankind would see the goodness of God and repent, that humanity would see that there's something greater than themselves, that all of creation displays the very glory of God, that man would see you, but they didn't. So now you've taken your great power, and now you've begun to reign. Our pictures of Jesus need to be a little bit more broad. Because every picture I see of Jesus, he looks very weak. Nice, but weak. Come on now, you've seen him. Some of y'all don't know nothing about church fans, but I grew up with church fans. And all my thoughts of God came from a church fan. The lamb wrapped around the neck. And first of all, he was always blue-eyed. And, blind. and my question was, he may not look as dark as me, but I know he didn't look as white as you. Because where he was geographically, the people in that area of the earth don't look like Leonardo DiCaprio. So, it's Black History Month, I can say that. So, the pictures that I will see of Jesus, the lamb around his neck. Come remember that one? What about the one at the door? At the door knocking, at the door knocking. Come on now, right? All of those images. I ain't never seen an image of Jesus coming and killing people. I ain't never seen him coming on the clouds with all glory of heaven in his hand, ready to bring judgment because we don't want to see that Jesus because seeing that Jesus means I'm responsible for an action so that I cannot be the recipient of that judgment. I want a Savior that's merciful. I want a Savior that's loving, but I don't want a Savior that's just. Man, can't nobody judge me but God, shorty. Can't nobody judge me but... You're right. You are 100% correct. Can't nobody judge you but God. But have you seen God's judgment? Can't nobody judge me but God. Oh, you're a prophet, my brother, because one day you and I will be judged by God. Can I finish? I got to finish this. All right, so it says that he... They, 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 they fell enough, they worshiped, they said, you know, you're the one who was and is because you've taken your great power, you've begun to reign. Watch this now. <laughs> and this is foreshadowing because it's going to happen, y'all. In, 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 the, in the chapters following, you're going to see why the earth must be destroyed because mankind never repents. The the condition of man's heart is so wicked that even when they see the judgment of God as opposed to repenting, they become angry. Look what it says in the next verse. The nations were angry, (laughs) and now your wrath has come. There's a song that says, when a woman's fed up, it ain't nothing you can do about it. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. don't, Don't be all grieved in your spirit. The last thing you want is a mad woman. Even Taylor Swift in her new album talks about mad woman. Listen, the worst thing you want is a mad woman. But can I tell you something? You ain't seen wrath till you seen a just God coming down to the creation that he's made, holding the middle finger up to him. <laughs> and him saying, uh uh-uh, now it's over, and the kingdom of this world has now become mine, and my subjects do not disrespect me. The wrath has come. The time has come. And, and let me just, I don't have time to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, says to everything there is, for everything there is a season which means everything that god does may not happen in the moment that you think it will but there is a time connected to it for every purpose of god there is a time connected and he says the time now has come for judging the dead and for, so those of you those of us Who've not acknowledged Jesus as our Savior and as our God. Why is that important? Because he's the son of God and we're in sin. And the only way we can be cleansed of sin is to be have blood. Why, well, why is that important? Because life is in the blood. And so in the Old Testament, y'all, they bought all kind of animals and they did these sacrifices. But there were goats and there were sheep and there were animals. And so guess what happened? Just like at the crib when you don't really make up your bed and you take a comforter and you throw something over it, but stuff is still under it. Well, that was the Old Testament. The blood of goats and calves and sheep took our sand and covered it enough so a holy God could look at it. Have you ever had somebody come to your house and you really didn't make stuff up, but you covered it? Well, that's what the old covenant was. But then God says, I need to know that it's not just covered. I need it removed out of the way well what can wash away my sin and what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of someone that has never sinned that is why he had to be born of a virgin which means his blood was not contaminated with sin and so when jesus shed his blood i believe when john the baptist said lo here comes the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world so that's why we serve Jesus is because it means that when we die, we're not under judgment because the sin has not been covered. It's not been left. It's been washed away. And for each of you that are watching, and have never given your life to Christ. I'm not talking about joining no church. I'm not talking about be sitting at no pastor, no bishop. I'm talking about you just giving your heart to God. And once you do that, the Bible says that you are forgiven. And the Bible says that there will be judgment for the dead. Watch this, though. And for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small. Hallelujah. The day will come where the servants of God who revere his name will be rewarded. Oh, my God. For all of you that have always had to wonder, when is my change going to come? When will the shift happen? When will my life that's been filled with pain and anguish and failure, when will it change? The Bible tells us that the day will come that God will reward those who revere his name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. I'm finished. Then God's temple in heaven was opened which you do know that the temple that God instructed man to build on earth was a mirror of the temple in heaven. Now, what's going to happen soon to come, (laughs) there will be no need for a temple in heaven anymore because God himself will be the center of it all. But right now, he opens heaven and lets us get a sneak preview of what it looks like. And within God's temple, was seen the Ark of His Covenant. I'm done. Why was that important? Because inside of the Ark of the Covenant was a reminder of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 10 and 2. And it reminds us of God's righteous standards that just because He is not... (laughs) Have you ever read the Ten Commandments? Have you ever read the Ten Commandments? You know... Have you ever read any of them? You wanna you want get, get depressed? Read the Ten Commandments. Because it, it didn't say ten ideas or, or ten, ten suggestions, ten suppositions, and you know. No, no, no. This, listen, God is saying, do this, and if you don't do all this all the time, you don't please me. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea that He would give me ten things that I could not do. And require me to do them to please him. That confuses me. (laughs) Well, God is giving us a glimpse of his holiness. And we don't even talk about holy anymore. We don't talk about the nature of God anymore. God is holy. And he cannot have anything around or near him that is not. I remember when I was in church, uh, choirs. Oh, I used to hate being in church choirs. And they would say stuff like, and, and the, color, uh, the color for the anniversary uh, will, will be white. And I would go with my mother to, uh, to Zares. Y'all don't know nothing about Zares. I would go to Zares in Chicago, a little cheap place because that's all we could afford. And I would buy me some white pants and a white shirt. Little did I know that it was cream. Or off-white. And I didn't know it. Till I got up against white. Because cream looked white next to black and brown and everything else. Your holiness next to God is off white and cream. Your righteousness and my righteousness are nothing but filthy cream rags in front of a holy white God. So why in the world does he show us the Ark of the Covenant? To remind us of his holiness. Watch this now. I'm almost done. Watch this. But not only to remind us of his holiness, but also his judgment against unbelievers. It gave us a reason. Watch this now. A reason for his wrath. How can a good God hurt people? How can a holy God ever destroy people? Because just as much as the mercy, listen, the mercy and the grace of God must be satisfied, so also must the justice of God be satisfied for him to remain God. Which means the moment that he chooses to say, you know what, I'm not going to ever exact any justice for sin, he invalidates his deity. And God is not going to invalidate his very deity over you or over me. So, what has he done? Um, This is my last close. I'm Baptist by background. So, some of y'all don't know the Game of Thrones, but I used to like the Game of Thrones. And and there's a young lady, and this is how she introduced herself. I'm Daenerys of the House Targaryen, the first of her name, the unburnt, the queen of the Andals, the roider of the first men, queen of Marine, Kelsey of the Great Grass Sea, protector of the realm, lady regent of the seven kingdoms, breaker of chains, and mother of dragons. And then she would say this, bow the knee. Or die, and they'll be like, "Oh, she don't mean that." And then she'll say, "Chakras," <laughs> and them them doggone uh, dragons just start blowing fire out on people who decided not to bend the knee. So as I close out this message. God is not a God threatening you, but what has God done? The Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads men and women to want to repent. Here's my question. Has God merciful to you when you're in the car accident and you got out of it and you should have been dead did you see the mercy of God when you got laid off but could still pay every bill did you see the mercy of God when the sickness was on you but God sustained you did you see the mercy of God when everybody walked out and you thought you were gonna lose your mind but he held you together Have you seen the mercy of God? The goodness of God is calling you home, my sister. The goodness of God is calling you home, my brother, saying, bend the knee before the judgment comes. Musicians, y'all can come. As I pray today, it's time for some of us to repent. Because some church folk get so smug. Once saved, always saved. <laughs> and I do believe there's some veracity to that, that we're sealed. But I think some of us can become so smug, we never seek repentance. And we never acknowledge sin. There was a time in the church, y'all, we had the altar where people would come and say, God, I'm not right. God, forgive me of my sin. They would come and do that, y'all. And we can't do that now physically, but virtually we can I'm just asking, is there something in you that you know is not right with God? Is there something that he's done for you that's been so amazing that that goodness is calling you to want to repent? Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, I, I don't want to play with God. I know I drink. I know I do this. And, and what, if I, what if I become a Christian and then I dishonor God? He's smart enough to deal with your drinking. <laughs> He's smart enough to deal with your weed. He's smart enough to deal with all your little hoochie mamas that you deal with. He's smart enough to deal with it. He is. The devil just wants you to think that you got to be perfect to come to God. The hospital isn't for people who don't need a hospital. The sicker you are, the quicker you go. You don't end up saying to the ambulance, oh, no, 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 look at me. I'm bleeding. Let me get myself together. Then come back and I go to the hospital. That's the theological kind of attitude that your mind is formed about coming to God. Let me get myself together. then I come to God? Well, you don't need God if you can get yourself together. So the worse off that we are, the more we need. Him. So if you don't mind, can I just pray and, and ask that a shift would happen in you? And if you're a believer in Jesus, then maybe you would help a shift happen in somebody else, reminding them of the goodness of God, reminding them of the wrath to come. Reminding them that just because God has been gracious doesn't mean that the grace continues, that we don't frustrate the grace of God. Some of us are not where we deserve to be. Come on now, but the grace of God, right? So let's pray. God, we love you, we honor, and we bless you. Thank you for the book of Revelation that God not only gives us insight about what's to come, the real tangible experiences and events that will happen on this earth and in the heavenlies in the future. But God, we thank you that your words are spirit and life for where we are right now. And so God, we thank you that right now someone needs a shift to happen. They need to be moved out of the place they're in into the place that you're calling them. They need to be positioned out of relationships and positioned out of activities and things that are not who they are. And positioned in your presence and in your purposes. So God, right now by your anointing, would you move... Holy Spirit, would you move right now even through these technological vehicles to allow someone that's listening to know that you love them. You do not condemn them. You did not come into the world to condemn them. You came into the world that they would know and love and be loved by you. The church has done such a horrible job of condemning people. Jesus, if you didn't do it, who are we to do that? Just as you are, he's calling on you to come. And maybe you love Jesus, you've already accepted Jesus, but you say, you know what, I've fallen off. I, I've really backslid. I've really gone far back. As I've said before, if you, good thing about backsliding, you can slide back. God is calling you back home. Would you come back to him today? Now, God, we thank you for these individuals who are listening, who want to make this shift happen. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, Do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life. In Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are. That means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 871 one F O R T, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot o-r-g that's simply spelled c-i-t-a-d-e-l of all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone let's change the world together one person at a time